0: This is John and Robin Voiles of Celebrate Libraries with a second in a two part interview with Brown County Libraries Executive Director Brian Simons. This interview was recorded in late 2016 and is a New Ways to Dream production. What is it to be part of a larger library system? What is it being part of? Is it the Nicolet? Yes, yeah, the Nicolay Library that do System. For Brown County.
1: So um, with Brown County, it's actually, it's really interesting because we are, being a county system, you have a lot of your own resources Um, and it's a very efficient way to run library service because all the little communities we have, so Denmark and Pulaski and Wrightstown and Ashwaubenon and Green Bay for that matter, um, and Howard and De Pere all have libraries. But rather than each one of them having a separate library director, it's one library director, one layer of administration, and then you know a very thin layer of middle management running those branches, um, and then you're, you're the staff that you normally would have. So it saves a lot of money, and there's a lot of uh, resource sharing just internally we do on our own. So then you extend that concept out to a larger... Uh, library system, the Nicolet library system. So we have our, our county and then there's other counties within the library system um, and we're the resource library for the whole of the larger library system. So we we have some responsibility there with the system to um, assist the smaller libraries with things when they need help. Um, and also we kind of serve as the, the, the hub for some of the the technology pieces that um, a small library would either A not be able to afford on their own or not have the ability or expertise to do or time for that matter just to do so for instance the um, overdrive uh, uh, downloadables um, we are the leader for our system uh, in that uh, 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 statewide conglomeration So for our system, our purchasing or our uh, collection development uh, manager, he's the one that sits on the the Wisconsin Public Library Consortium uh, uh, advisory board for what is purchased okay. for the state. So he has our he is one of two voices for our system that helps voice what we think these materials are needed, um, and then we have uh, the Advantage account through. Overdrive as well. That also gives us more uh, titles and more um, uh, numbers of the same title. Sometimes uh, that that we bring to the entire system. So it's not just for Brown County. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's very interesting that um, that we're we're able to kind of function these dual roles uh, with each other.
0: Brian, it seems like there is the uh, downtown, the riverfront is really being revitalized. There's a lot of money going into it, a lot of new yeah. buildings. How is the uh, How is the library involved in that? Um, is, is the library involved in that in some way in, in an outreach to the community? And, and what are some of the benefits uh, that are exchanged in yeah. the library and this new uh, revitalization? Practice? Yeah, uh,
1: the, the library is involved deeply in a lot of ways, actually. Um, so... Uh, in, in one way um, we now being the library director here um, it's been great because I've been able to get out in the community and meet so many people um, so for instance just this morning I was at a Big Brothers Big Sisters fundraising breakfast and it was really amazing to be there with all the other people in the community that are considered the powerful important people and the, 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 the community leaders um, so there, the, our, our voice as a library through through me and through the library board does matter quite a bit when they start talking about what are we going to do for, for the city. Um, and that includes the downtown revitalization. So that is kind of neat to be able to, to do. Um, some of the other uh, ways that we've kind of been real influential and involved, um, one is... Um, there's a, a, a old hotel that's being rehabbed down, down the road, uh, literally a block and a half away, uh, the Northland Hotel, and originally built, I believe, in 1924, and now being rehabbed back to its original glory, and will be open, I believe, uh, yet before the year is up. Um, so if not, very shortly there into 2017. And when I, I, I had one of the, the owners, one of the three... Um, principal owners come to the library and just chat about, you know, here we are, here's what we do for the community. And here's specifically what we can do for you and your guests. He was blown away, um, not only just from the computer access and Wi-Fi access and the uh, room availability for like small small uh, study or meeting groups or business meetings, um, or just that nice place to go get away and sit down and relax. But also the thing that really struck him was our auditorium. Um, and this was before it was even renovated. He was amazed that we had this this auditorium that sat almost 300 people and uh, a screen and a stage and uh, kind of um, pre-conference space outside of it to do receptions. He was He, he was ecstatic because he said, you know, we don't have anything like this, we have a ballroom that seats 300 people that's great for weddings, but to try to do a conference in is not, uh, you know, a conference session isn't going to work the greatest in there. So he was really excited to see that this is an option for him to be able to uh, say to someone who calls and say, hey, do you have a conference space? You could say, well, sort of. (laughs) We have a very inexpensive conference space at the library, and then you can, your guests can stay here. Um, So there's there's ways we're involved in that capacity, and then there's ways we're involved directly in the downtown redevelopment. Um, some of which is is less structural and more um, community based, so more activity based. So one of the things that I just got pulled uh, into a meeting last Friday. I was uh, meeting at a coffee shop with, with someone else about um, some possible some possible marketing. Uh, that we might do for the library. And I get a text from that, that coffee shop's owner saying, hey, could you meet me at this coffee shop in 15 minutes? And I said, well, I'm already here. Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> it's my west side office, just about. So I, I go into this meeting not knowing what it's about, and here is himself, a professor in the uh, UWGB, one of the, the English literature professor- professors, and uh, and then also uh, a writer in our area and then one of the bookshop owners. And then they said, well, of course, we need to pull the library director in because we want to do a book festival. And so they're looking to do the Untitled Town book festival. Uh, town. Untitled Town, yep. And uh, so they've got things probably halfway going already, and they pulled me in, and I said, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. Let's do this. 2017? 2017. 17 April is April. what we're looking at. Yep, looks like oh, yeah. the last weekend of April, the 27th, 8th and 9th I think is what it comes to somewhere in there. So really really amazing that people are generating those kind of ideas and thinking of the library and we're able to do, you know, books and authors and and that kind of thing. And and it was really neat because they said, "Oh, this is fantastic because we're doing a really really miniature version of this on our own this November, uh, and we're just calling it an author fair because it's just a, a quick, like, afternoon um, of, of that kind of thing here at Central Library. Doing it at the library. Yeah, okay. yeah. We did one at our DePere, at our Crest Branch in De Pere last year, and it went over so well that it was real evident that we needed a bigger space. So we said, well, let's bring it to the Central Library. We have a lot more space, and yet promote it out to the whole county. And uh, let's see if we can make that fairly large. So we're going to use that as in November a stepping stone to already do a kind of save the date for April, because um, those folks who are going to be at the November one are going to be very interested about a whole book fair for all of downtown Green Bay. So it's yeah. So it's not just uh, the library. It's the library is just a piece of that bigger one, where other events will be held at uh, the. Kavarna's coffee shop and one of the books, one or more bookstores, um, and just other venues throughout downtown, um, in order to really capitalize on the growth of downtown and just the the influence of what what we can do as a community.
0: Um, and what about the Packers? You mentioned Untitled Town. Well, yeah. of course the Packers are Title Town. So is there a relationship between uh, the Library Central and uh, and the Packers?
1: Indeed, there is quite a, quite a deep connection actually so gosh where to begin so one of the things is the Packers have a foundation and uh, for years we've applied and received grant money from the foundation uh, It has funded our summer reading program um, it's funded other programs that we do um, it's funded our um, thousand books before kindergarten program uh, so there's there's that piece of the connection and then um, there's another piece of the connection that is is re- really ingrains us in the Packer community, which I, I just love, is our local history and genealogy library is so deep and rich that when the Packer Hall of Fame gets called for, hey, we need uh, images of newspaper articles of such and such date, or, or this or that or this, the ice bowl or whatever, um, the the historian over there um, calls. There tells them, "Oh, you need to call the library and talk to Mary Jane Herbert." Um, and so our our department here, uh, we get calls from ESPN, we get uh, NFL, we get uh, ABC. We, I mean, you name the, the big network or the big thing. They call us all the time. She's probably on speed dial she, in fact, in people. fact, she is. It, NFL Films has called her numerous times. It is hilarious. Th- you know, I just think like, wow, the library. Um, and sure enough, they, you know, they they call our local history genealogy department to get those things because they need those pieces for you know Monday night football or whatever it is. And then we have um, kind of along those same lines, we built a really interesting and 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 neat. Connection with uh, with uh, David Marinus, so he was the author who wrote uh, "When Pride Still Mattered" about Vince Lombardi, right. and so he did the majority of I shouldn't say majority. He did a lot of his research uh, with our local history genealogy department, uh, a lot of which was done by way of telephone. Um, but he did sh- show up. Uh, I believe it was for two years. He came back and forth to Green Bay, to the library to do research. And um, the librarian that helped him is thanked by name in her book, or in his book, I should say. And uh, so we have that deep connection as well. And then um, a new connection that is starting, which is, I, I think, just wonderful. Um, there's a organization in, in Brown County called uh, ABC, Achieve Brown County. And it's looking at... Um, I guess to break it down in the, the most simplest terms, what it's trying to do is look at the 300 plus agencies in the community that are all trying to do good things for, for kids and really find out what's the, what are the root causes of certain problems that if we all focused on the right root cause, if we all, if we all instead, of went in, instead of going in 300 different directions, if we focused that and said, well, here's what we do and here's what you do, it's different but similar, and you do this part and we do this part of the of that same root cause, um, how powerful is that, right? So one of the pieces of uh, Achieve Brown County is looking at uh, literacy, especially early literacy. And so the library is involved in in their outcome teams that that focus on those pieces. So I'm on the outcome team, too, that does um, uh, uh, kindergarten through high school. And then uh, one of our... our children's librarians is on the outcome team one that does birth up to kindergarten and one of the packer connections is that abc has secured an agreement with the packers that they are going to um, fund and provide the on-field talent uh to be a spokesperson for literacy and uh that's wonderful isn't it great so
0: very visual so this be then on the on the media? Yes.
1: So we'll have uh, television advertisements, actually, that uh, that spokesperson is going to to be advocating for. And there'll be I believe it's five different uh, ads and the library will be one of them that they focus on. So very cool, very powerful. Um, and it just shows, you know, like that's that's how interesting this community is right now is we've got an agency that's essentially using business Lean Six Sigma principles to try to globally focus all of the the for lack of a better word do good agencies in the community to do to not just do good to do better. Yeah. Um, so really, really cool and powerful and there's a lot of um you know to to get the Packers involved, that's that's a lot of huge. of power. Um and, you know that's it's gonna be huge for for kids to see, you know, whoever that spokesperson is it, it means a lot in this community. It means a lot statewide to see a Packer player sense. say, do something, they'll do it. <laughs> it's pretty cool.
0: This is a good thing. I believe in it. This is who I am. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think
0: that's really great. So, Brian, you were talking about um, purpose in the community, and that makes me think of uh, mission statements. I think you mentioned that there's a, a newer mission statement that the uh, Library is presenting. Is that something
1: you could share? Yeah, yeah. So our our new mission statement is that the Brown County Library, the Brown County Library, is a catalyst for community advancement. And what's really neat about that is a couple things. One is, you know, the way we see it is we serve the entire community. It doesn't matter if you're the homeless person coming in off the street who if we can do our part to help you find housing for that night um, we've 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 made you we've got you from one place and advanced you to the next if you're a business owner that comes in and says hey my business is at this my business is at this level and i want to get it at the next highest level we have resources and personnel who quite honestly are, are probably our best resource um, to help them get to that next level. So we are the entire community's catalyst for advancement. It doesn't matter where you are currently, but we can get you higher. And so, so that really fits well with how uh, Green Bay and Brown County is really evolving. Um, so when I, I grew up here, um, so I, you know, born in the late seventies and um you know, grew up in the eighties and nineties here, it was still a mill town. I mean, there were, my mom worked at the paper mill. My dad had done time, you know, he'd done time. He'd done time at the paper mill. Uh, my uncle worked at my, two of my uncles worked at two different paper mills and we had three huge paper mills here Four, I guess if you count, uh, the Procter and Gamble had East river and the, the Fox river sites. Um, and, and that's changed considerably. Um, Procter and Gamble sold um, a lot of what they had here. Uh, it's now focuses more on food service in the area, uh, big scale food. Um, the other large, uh, probably the largest of the the three, uh, which was Fort Howard at the time, and I forget how many different names they went through before they finally just closed. Um, that was, you know, a big thing, and and uh, so it's been a big transition. We, we, while we still have the paper industry, it's at a much smaller scale, and uh, it's really transitioned to a different kind of workforce too. Um, so, you know, my parents, neither of them went to college, and uh, you know, so when they were in their their twenties and thirties, they had real good paying jobs without having to do that. Um, that said, that's not easy to do these days, no matter where you are. Um, and in Green Bay, I think the, the testament to the change is one of which is the downtown revitalization. So we've got uh, Associated Bank put their headquarters downtown, Schreiber Foods put their headquarters downtown, um, you've got some smaller companies also with their headquarters downtown. Um, but what really speaks to it is when I look at when, you know, my parents and when they were in their 20s and 30s and what they the kind of jobs they had, and I look in who is either staying in our community or coming back to our community or coming to our community for the first time as a 20-something or 30-something, they're working in, they're their most likely college-educated, they're working in highly professional careers, and what really speaks to that is the uh, current, which is the the Young Professional Association of the Chamber of Commerce, they have... Two thousand two hundred active members, as young professionals, that's huge. Yes, that that's is so, so huge. And when there's an event, you know there's two thousand two hundred people. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are so many folks that come out. It is really, really incredible. So our mission statement really starts to fit that catalyst piece of, you know how of of, you know how we're changing as a community. How can we help? The people in the community change their lives for the better. How can we help the community change its its identity for the better? Um, we really are, are are kind of at the the epicenter of of that activity, and it's really really fun to watch people uh, make these changes in Green Bay and know we're at times a little bit a part of that. There's there's still. Not only a place for libraries, there's a growing place for libraries. Um, while we are changing, we're only changing because the community around us is changing. It's it's we're we're reacting to the community. Um, by no means can the library uh, kick off that that large of an effort of change to change what the culture is doing. We can only respond to the culture. Yes. And so while people are still reading, and a lot of them are still reading physical books, we do we have now seen a considerable amount of people going to the digital format to the, to the degree that it's now actually a significant measurable amount that's 12% of our circulation is digital materials. That's huge. I mean, we circulate 2 million items a year, and 12% of that... His digital, that's a big number and so so we're responding to that, we're responding to how people come into the library and they're looking for that sense of community, that sense of um, community space so one of our strategic tenants is that we're a third space for the community so we're not work, we're not home we're that third space where you can come together where you can have a discussion, where you can meet, have a meeting, where you can uh, work with a group um, where you can come on your own and, and maybe just be by yourself or bump into someone you never met before and now you make a good friend or a new community member. Um, so there there is that element to it as well that we're responding to. So while the square footage of the library, the needs really don't change in terms of number of square feet you need, what you do with those square feet changes dramatically. Um, no longer is it a warehouse of just Books with ideas in them. It's really more of a, I like to look at it as a playpen of knowledge. Okay. Um, so nice so you can come in and you can still use those materials, or you can, you know, in today's world, we are all creators of of some kind of knowledge um, or or um, information at the very least. So the computer access we give, whether that be it the Wi-Fi access and you bring your own device, or whether it be our, our computers here you can create your own content and ship that out to the world. So we're no longer collectors as much as we are also purveyors. Um, we give that, that avenue and that conduit to, to have it go both ways now. Um, so again, it's just it's that response to what people are doing in the community um, that, that we have changed. Um, so that, like I said, that square footage doesn't change, but what you do in it does. You need more meeting rooms. You need more smaller gathering places. Um, you need more uh, space for people to, to work on their own. Um, yet you still need those spaces that traditionally are there, like, like, uh, the, the book collections, the audio collections, uh, you need those as well.
0: One final question, Brian, when you have the time, what are you reading for, um, business and for pleasure?
1: I don't have as much time as I once did, sure. now that I'm a director yeah. um, and father. So uh, most of my time is carting my daughter around to her sporting events. Yeah. But uh, when I do get time, um, so I, the, the reading material I, I generally get time to read these days, sometimes is work-related, but I just kind of enjoy it. So uh, it's leadership books, it's management books, it's... Uh, communication uh materials things like that i really enjoy those um it's also the big idea uh pieces so um on my desk you'll see the the typical public libraries the library journal but then you'll also see ink and as a magazine and um and uh, Forbes and sure. the uh, Harvard Business Review yes. and things like that so I try to look outside of our industry as well and pull ideas in from that industry um, to either find interesting things we could do or um, or collaborations we hadn't thought of or just leadership ideas that uh, come from from the from outside our industry um, but when I get a chance to just read for pleasure <laughs> uh, there is one author I love. He's only written very little, but I'm always trying to find books just like him because of it. Uh, so my favorite author is Caleb Carr. He wrote The Alienist. And The mm-hmm. Alienist is, uh, is the late uh, 19th century term, earliest 20th century term for a psychologist. Oh, interesting. And it's a, it's a murder mystery set in like seedy underbelly of New York City in in the, the late uh, 18, early 1900s. Okay. So yeah, I'm... I like historical fiction. Um, Those are very fun to me as a a former history major and uh, someone with a history degree. It's fun to read those. Um, And then, you know, if if we get nitpicky about the the genre, the alternative histories I don't care for. (laughs) I I don't need to know, I don't want to know that time travel was possible and Theodore Roosevelt went back in time and, you know, was... A Roman, Like, I don't need to know that. Um, but I like when there's a story set in a specific time frame sure. and historical figures may pop up in it or um, those historical elements that ring true to that time period yes. carry through. Those are really fun to me.
0: Okay. So this was uh, John and Robin Boyles of Celebrate Libraries speaking today in an interview in the series New Ways to Dream, speaking today with Brown County Library Director Brian Simons. Brian, thank you very much for taking the time today. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you both. Thanks for having me.